Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Divi Chat, episode five. Today, we're going to discuss effective design principles with Divi. We have a special guest, Mr. John Wooten. But before we get started in the topic, let's go around and introduce ourselves. Gino. Hey there, everybody. I'm Gino Quiroz, and I'm coming at you from Monterey, California. I'm the founder of Monterey Premier and the author of the Divi Tutorials on Quiroz.co. You can connect with me over on Twitter. My handle is at G-E-N-O-Q. All right. Thank you, Gino. Mm -hmm. And our special guest, Mr. John Wooden. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm John. Uh, I run Artillery Media. You can follow me on Twitter at Artillery Media and on Instagram at John Wooten. Thanks for having me. Yay. We're glad you're here, John. Welcome. Kathy. Hey, everybody. Kathy Pro Romana, Viva Design Studio. You can catch me on Facebook at Viva Design Studio NJ. Leslie. Oh, hi. Uh, I'm Leslie Burnell, <laughs> uh, a girl in her Mac. Um, you can find me at a girl in her Mac design, and Facebook and Twitter is um, at a girl in her Mac. <laughs> Sweet. Let's go down under. Olga. Oh, hi guys. Uh, I'm Olga Summerhays. I'm a web designer at Infinite Imagination Web Design. And you can see my work and contact me through my website, infiniteimagination.com.au. Awesome. Thanks, Olga. Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios. And I um, have a website, endure.com.au, or you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Endure Web. Awesome. Hi, Tammy. I am Tammy Heaton. I'm the owner of Undeniable. It's a little agency here in St. Louis, Missouri, and you can catch me online. In fact, please do. Somebody tweet at me, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tammy Heaton. I'm really trying to revive my Twitter, man. I'm working on it. Um, and I'm happy to be here with you guys this week. And everybody ignore the fact that there's a dog bite right there on my face. <laughs> We're going to try. And in case you miss it, it's at Tammy Heaton. She loves to be tweeted. <laughs> yeah, somebody tweet. tweeted somebody, <laughs> anybody. <laughs> My name is uh, David Blackman. I'm with Aspen Grove Studios. We are a WordPress web development firm that specializes in Divi. We create child themes for Divi and plugins for Divi as well. Um, you can find us at, at Aspen Grove LLC on Twitter, Facebook Aspen Grove Studios. And today, I think this topic came about by one of our hosts, Mr. Terry Hale, who unfortunately is unable, unable to be with us tonight. He was having a conversation with Mr. Wooten, and they decided that this topic would be a good topic to discuss, that it might bring some value to our viewers and stuff, and the topic is effective design principles with Divi. More, I think Divi is probably one of the best WordPress platforms from a design standpoint for me because it just saves so much time. And I'm sure we're going to get into this stuff. So let's kick this episode off and enough out of me and more out of you guys. <laughs> Leslie, you're showing on the screen. That must mean you need to talk. Oh. <laughs> and you have the word design in your Twitter handle. I do. I do. Uh, well, uh, I guess for me, um, Divi is such a white canvas to me. If you compare it to really almost any theme that you can find on Beamforce or whatever, they come already with, with a, a lot of look going on. Um, and I think it's a good thing that Divi comes so, so kind of modern and sleek and, um, you know, there's not, 
there's a lot of room to grow when you when you first install it. So I really like it. I like having the layouts and the libraries. It's, there's a lot of little features in Divi that, that really help with the design process. Um, I'm, you know, you get to learn the modules and all that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's great to, to kind of be able to design with Divi. So. <laughs> Fantastic. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna, oh, oh, I was just going to say <laughs> one ahead, of the things yeah. that's really neat is um, how uh, the folks, uh, well, Nick Roach, who was uh, initially a designer and and uh, designed all the themes, you know, the Divi is comes from a design first background almost, and so you know they they just out of the box, it's got that clean, the spacings, you know, for the most part, it's clean, it's modern, it's spacey, and uh, just their designs have always been great and top notch, and so it's a it's a web theme by a designer first, you know, and so that's kind of really neat. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, yeah, John. I agree. I agree. I feel like that that Divi is pretty uh, minimal in its design, and so it does give you a pretty blank canvas to work from. I mean, the default styles are are nice, but it's definitely easy to go in there and customize it either using the customizer or if you um, are fortunate enough to know a CSS to a good degree, um, it's really it's it's unlimited what you can do. So yeah, love it. Absolutely. You know, so one of the questions that I have um, that one of the viewers sent in uh, that we might want to ask is, you know, where do you get your inspiration for new websites, layouts, you know, jobs using Divi? Do you go for the white canvas route, blank from scratch? Do you, where does it come from? And anybody can answer this, by the way. John. Oh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, for time, you know, if if you have a short deadline, then of course we're going to jump right in and use these great cloud themes that everybody's putting together. Um, but you know, if I have the time to really do my own design, you know, the sky's the limit, right? Because you're starting with the very vanilla Divi, and and you just let your imagination go. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I deliberately um, don't start in Divi and the reason for that is because I want to be able to um, allow my imagination not to be caught up with what I know of Divi. I mean, it's helpful to know what Divi can achieve, but being able to be outside of that I find really useful. And so often what I do is I start looking around on like Pinterest or the that WAA awards one, whatever that is, um, looking around on, even looking at some of the other themes that are around, like on um, in Vato Market, um, looking around there, just seeing kind of what themes or what are other people doing in the same kind of space as what I'm wanting to do, and then getting a few of those ideas and then putting it together in a design application. Um, and I find that I, I always force myself to come up with two designs for every time I do a website purely because the second one is usually better than the first one. So it's almost like um, content writers say you've got to do your, well, they, I can't really swear, I guess, your bad first draft and then you come up with the good stuff after that. I kind of, that's the approach I take that I, I have to come up with the first kind of average version and then usually my brain gets past that initial fear of what if I'm not good enough and then I'm able to come up with something a little bit better. But I love looking around for inspiration. There's heaps of good stuff, particularly Pinterest surprises me just how much good stuff there's there. I can't get yeah, on absolutely. Pinterest because I'll never leave. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I remember when Divi first came out, you know, it was um, a couple of years ago when I first started using it, there wasn't a lot of, we were, I really didn't know what it could do, its potential, full potential. Well, in the last couple of years, like Kathy alluded to, there are lots of child themes that are built just for Divi, just for just about any niche specific um, business that you want to target, it's available out there. So, you know, it really is, I personally believe that, that there's not a website on the planet that can't be built with Divi. Um, that's just kind of my input. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, an example pretty much uh, confirms that, right? Because there's really unique <laughs> yeah, there's a ton. Yeah, how many do they have on there now? Do we even know? Does anyone know? A thousand. I, I know there's. It just seems like a thousand at least. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. If, if I'm correct, he doesn't put every Divi theme on there. He has, you know, oh, no. some don't get accepted. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't accept everything, to be honest. Now, we've got talented designers here and stuff. Uh, Miss Tammy Heaton, we would love to hear, you know, what your thoughts are as far as design principles with Divi. Well, in terms of the inspiration aspect, um, I don't know about you guys. I find a lot of stuff, mostly actually, when I do sales research. Um, <clears throat> it's fair to say that I probably know the website for like half the businesses in the state of Missouri because I, and also I would add to that probably all of the websites in Taos, New Mexico and half of the websites in Austin, <laughs> Texas, because I've made it my business. It's just something, and I kind of enjoy that. Um, I have spreadsheets and I track yeah. where people are in the design process. Are they going to be ready for a redesign next year? Did they just get one? Check back with them in five years. And, and I have kind of a prioritized list of who I actually want to work with. And they're always in the back of my mind. And so most of the kind of random surfing that I do is in that realm. And I find lots and lots and lots of stuff that way. Um, and in terms of what was the other half of the, oh, wireframing and all that stuff. Sarah was talking about uh, her, her process. And uh, that to me is, is something that has changed it kind of goes back and forth with Divi because before Divi, I, I came from a corporate background where you really did, you know, full wireframes, um, full drafts of everything. Everything was very, you know, very staged through the process. And it, and I would say it depends for me on the size of the client that I'm working with. But most of the time, um, I don't do Photoshop comps anymore. Uh, for a really big client, I will. But I would agree with Sarah that I don't like to start in Divi the majority of the time because it just, it, it puts a certain structure in my head that I kind of get tangled up in. And so usually I start with the wireframe process. And I find when I do wireframes and then I do a brand palette that has like a logo and colors and textures, I can put those two things together and go from there and I don't actually have to do Photoshop comps anymore. But I, I feel guilty because I feel like I should be, but I don't. <laughs> well, this, this is like some advanced uh, principles, design principles, where you keep the spreadsheets and all that stuff and, and knowing in the design process. So you heard it here first. Maybe you can add to it. Come on back and see this. We're going to get advanced tips. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could talk all all day on on this um, because it, and uh, and they're right. It, it does depend on 
you know, the, the size of the client and, and the budget, um, you know, on, uh, and that's one reason why we, we do develop the child themes is oftentimes those might be uh, our, starting, our starting points. For example, like we run a site called pageinaday.com where we're trying to get someone a, a quick site up now. Um, but on a higher dollar project, uh, I really like to look at the, the end user of the site. So we try to develop an avatar for the, for the end user. For example, we did a, 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 a site for a company that's, that brokers the sale of small aircraft. And so the people coming to the site, they're either interested in selling their quarter million dollar aircraft or they're interested in buying a quarter million dollar aircraft. <laughs> and so we nicknamed this avatar Millionaire Mike. And we looked at other brands, looked at other brands that Millionaire Mike would like. And so we're looking at these high-end watch websites and advertisements and, and Lexus advertisements and other, and not, all, and, and not even just websites too, but also print ads. Um, and then we develop a style um, because the, the marketing manager of that company, she might be, you know, 32 years old and, and love this certain other brand that Millionaire Mike doesn't like. And so that's why we have to keep him in mind when designing the site. There is a balance between, um, obviously you want, you want your client to be happy and you want them to love the site, but more importantly, you want their audience to love the site and be engaged in the site. And sometimes um, you have to convince the client of that. And you have to know in the back, you have to know the back of your head that they're just not paying you for design, they're paying you for your, your coaching, your experience. And that in, at the end of the day, you're the designer, you're the expert, and, and they're hiring you for that. Like I would, I would dare not try to tell my mechanic how to fix my car because <laughs> it, it would never get fixed. Um, and so, yeah, and we start with a, a mood board that we share with our clients, which has website links in there. And oftentimes it'll be a Pinterest board or a shared Dropbox folder that we just throw stuff in. And then wireframing. Jeez, wireframing has cut hours off our website creation time. Mm -hmm. I cannot say enough good things about, about, and our wireframes are black and white. We don't do um, high fidelity wireframes at, at the beginning anyway. Um, anyway, I could go on for a long time. But I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> I would go so far as to say sometimes my wireframes, and this has happened a lot of times actually, and nobody's ever complained. They're sketched out on typing paper and faxed over. <laughs> or actually <laughs> scanned Facts. or whatever, but it happens all the time. You get it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Initially, I used uh, initially I, I would go out and buy those you know those sketchbooks that folks sell online. They have a browser at the top and have the grid on there. And you could, Wait, they make uh, actual sketchbooks like that? Oh yeah. Oh, there's tons of them, especially for. No way. For, uh, okay. <laughs> is she being sarcastic or? or no, 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 I, I think she's genuinely excited. <laughs> actually, so am I. They're out. Oh, yeah. Google. Google like a uh, responsive design sketchbook and you'll get a ton of those. But now we use a, we use an online program for the wireframing now. Which one yeah, I, I think do you use like, for that? Yeah. What? O-Q-U-P-S. Say nice. that again. Uh, Mockups, M-O-Q-U-P-S. Oh, it's yeah. kind of a weird spelling. Um, yeah, but, and then you can, and then you can, obviously you can save your, your layouts in there and then just oh. reuse them and, um, they also have a flow chart in there, so you could build your site outlines in there too. Interesting. I think I'm supposed your, to be taking your, notes. And your page, <laughs> your page, your, your page flow or user flow and stuff like that. It's all. It's. I mean, there's tons of ways to do it, but this is just the one of the tools that that we've come across and been like, yeah, yeah. let's let's do this. This is a keeper. 
I think it's really useful to hear other people's tools and what they're using because, like, even if it isn't something that, like, all of us are going to jump on board, like, it's always useful to hear the other things and then go have a look at them and kind of see what's going to work for you. So I think it's awesome. Bring it on. Absolutely. I think you bring <laughs> up a couple of really valid, valuable points, John, in that, um, you know, most customers are looking to us for our expertise. And when we build a site, it's not just about looking good. It's about what's going to work for their audience the best. So when the research is done, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there's been several times where the client has come to us and said, oh, but I want to, you know, I want this big, beautiful picture up here and stuff. And we kind of have to guide them and <laughs> let them know, you know, I feel like it's part of my responsibility to educate them yeah. as to why you don't want that big picture on the front there. So I, I thought you brought up some really good points. Yeah, you have, to, you have to coach them and then have, sometimes you have to have what I call brave communication. Uh, where you kind of have to be a little, little brave about it, and I, I totally forgot. Um, but we I also think look I know at what that the, is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Um, do you, Leslie? Do you? And 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 the, and the goals for the website. I can't believe I forgot to mention that. But the goal or the goals of the website are are totally paramount because you know good design solves problems or meets a certain goal. And so for someone looking at a homepage, it's really important to know. All right client, what is your goal for this homepage? If, I often tell people, if someone only has 30 seconds to scan your homepage, what, what do you want them to do? Or even 15 seconds, what, what do we want them to do? And how can we help make that happen through the flow of the page? And a lot of that's discovered in the wireframe process. But yeah, wireframe, start doing it. You'll be glad you did. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, can I ask a question of you guys for my sure. own curiosity and everybody else's? How many of you have like a formalized process when you start a project? How many of you actually do personas? And, uh, you know, how many of you actually talk through like goals in a really solid way? Because that's goals I always go through in terms of conversion. Um, personas, every client I've ever tried it with has basically been like, no, and has just resisted. <laughs> so. I found that not to be a good exercise that people like. I don't even know what that is, so. <laughs> like, you mean like when you, uh, well, we, we ask folks about their brand and um, like if your brand was a, a, a musical group, who would they be? If your brand was uh, an actor or an actress, who would they be? That's awesome. Um, and you can, and, 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 but you gotta, you gotta coach them not, not who they want their brand, but who, who they want the website to be, what their brand is. Yeah. Um, and again, you, you have to get the marketing person that you're working with or the owner to think about their brand as this, as this actor or as this band. And based on those two answers, you know, if they say, well, um, uh, it's, it's like Katy Perry and, and, uh, and, and, and Halle Berry as an actress, well, that's going to steer design one way as opposed to, well, it's, a. uh, uh you know, 007 and, uh, and Maroon 5 or something like, or some rock band, right? And there's, that's to two totally different look and feels. Uh, and then when you combine that with their, their, if they have current branding, which hopefully it's solid, and you combine that with the goals of the site and, and the mood board, you really start to see the design tickets. And you haven't even done anything on the web yet, really, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, again, these are high, higher dollar projects. Um, Absolutely. That, yeah. you have the, that you have the time to do that. And then I don't know if, you, if, if any of you guys play musical instruments, but uh, if you can really take the time in your design, sometimes when you're playing a musical instrument and you take that time 
and eventually you're playing and maybe you, you maybe made a mistake, but the mistake sounded good and you're like, oh, that was sweet. Um, I'd also encourage people to take time in your design for those happy accidents to happen where you're just messing around with some gradient or something and you come across something that you normally wouldn't do. Those are nice. Divi Those happy accidents are nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, Divi is Divi is flexible enough to help you to let you incorporate break that into the design. <laughs> <laughs> to break it, yes, to, to break that's it, right. Out, hey, I'm going to use this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that's really good thinking. I, I've been thinking a lot lately about um, pushing the boundaries with design. Like, I think sometimes it can be easy to get uh, get used to being in like this space where, you know, this is kind of what I can do and these things look nice together. But the idea of actually taking a bit more time, like you were saying, John, to stop and just think a little bit more broadly, like Andrew, just a little bit further, like just out of my comfort zone of I'm not sure if I could pull that off with CSS, but I'd like to have a try at it. Um, I think sometimes we can stay inside our comfort zone because it's easy and it's comfortable or we're just trying to churn through the projects. But there's something about if you can stop and time to push the boundaries, then you can become a better designer in the process. And I think it can actually help you land better jobs, more ideal jobs in the future, um, which I think is really cool. Like, but sometimes I'm a little bit too rushed or I'm a little bit too scared to really push those boundaries. And I, I'm kind of setting a goal for the next couple of months for myself to try and not just come up with the same thing again and again, just a little bit further. That's cool. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll ask a design question. I have one. Are you guys ready to let go of the giant hero image slash slider on your home pages yet? That's the design question that is burning in my mind the past couple months, per Sarah's point. I'm trying to really push myself to try new things. It's hard. That's like a really huge design trope right now, you know? I don't have one on my site. I have a little image of my logo in the middle um, and then three buttons to take them to their various parts. But um, but yeah, I do still tend to use some header, big header, you know, on, on most of my clients. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I guess my, my question, go ahead, Gina. I was going to say, I think it's a fine balance between you know, and what the client's perception of what today's modern trends are and, and us wanting yeah. to break out of that. You know, we see what is coming up. Uh, around the corner as far as trends go. Um, but oftentimes our clients aren't prepared for that. They see what's popular now. They want what's popular now, kind of puts us in the box. Yeah. So it's, it is kind of challenging. I think for me, um, that's why a creative, uh, a creating child themes is such a creative outlet for me because it allows me to push the boundaries in an area most of our clients aren't ready for. And I think it helps them get yeah. an idea of what's possible. Because uh, I've had many clients come back to me and say, hey, that doesn't look like the theme, like the other websites <laughs> on your portfolio. I want what you have on those other sites. I'm like, I'm tired of doing that, you know. But, so it's a fine balance. I think John nails it when he says you gotta, yeah. you got you to gotta coach them. And I was going to add to that point is part of that is selling them right at the very beginning that you're the expert. Whatever you can do to give them that perception that, hey, I trust you with everything, go for it. It'll make that process easier down the line. So we work hard on selling them on the fact that 
we are the pros right off the bat. And, and you know, so anything, and it's the little things, uh, scheduling around your own time instead of their yeah. time. Having somebody <laughs> make the first couple calls, that's uh, one of the, the great things about having Jerry take over our, our client calls is when they get me on the phone, they're just all ears. By the time they get to me, it's they it's like, oh, I've been qualified. I made it to you know this level now. I'll listen to whatever you have to say. You've made it up the ladder. For the most part, you know, and so it, it's I'm learning these things. It's selling them at the very beginning of the whole communication process. Absolutely. Okay, that's a very clever marketing there. I gotta that's stretch goals, man. Stretch goals. <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing that we need to learn from the other yeah. thing um, that that John had brought up too, the other important aspect I think is to make get them to learn that the site really isn't for them; it's for their viewers. You know, I mean, generally, once the site yeah. is done, they're not they shouldn't need to go back and look at their own site all the time. I mean, yeah, they may just oh my gosh, my site, but it's it's for their viewers, and that's one of my biggest challenges is when. I just got off the phone today um, with a new client and she was already starting to tell me about why she wanted this and her favorite color is that I was like, okay, well in my head, I'm thinking that has nothing to do with your business. So I have to work out how I'm going to talk to her about that. But that's one of the biggest challenges that I have is that they, it's not really for them. You know, it's for, for the, their potential customers or potential clients, whoever's going to come to the site. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's a yeah, good thing I think, to teach them up front. Um, for me, to Tammy's question and point about the big header and stuff, you know, for me, it always comes back to sales and marketing and how is it, it, it's, it has to do with engagement. You know, how are their clients or the people coming to their sites going to see that? And unfortunately, you know, when you have the big, beautiful headers and the video backgrounds and stuff, it's very engaging. And and that's and that's a key component to get people to want to explore the site even further. So, I think it, unfortunately yeah. it's probably going to be here for a while. <laughs> and you know, I like it somewhat, but I like pushing the boundaries as well. I like. Well, hey, I don't think it's that unfortunate, personally. Like I, I think yeah. a photo says a thousand words. Like very quickly, if you pick the right image, like it's got to be the right image, right? And if you combine that with some really great fonts and then they've got a logo that's communicating a lot about their brand, like within two seconds, they can very quickly know roughly who you are, what sort of space you're in, who you're targeting, just purely by that big image. So I'm, I'm not ready to let go of it yet. Like, yes, I want to push the boundaries in other areas and I don't want it to always look the same way. But every photo can be different and it can be, you know, treated differently or it can be used in different ways. But yeah, I'm I'm not ready to let go of it yet. And maybe I'm just behind the times <laughs> or whatever, but yeah, I do like to have header. Um uh, big nice header images as well. And um not so big on the sliders, but I have to say I actually did use the slider for clients I've just yesterday. And I had to use slider evolution because they wanted things really to pop and move. So, clients yeah. <laughs> want it, and um, they pay you for it. Then, if I can't talk them about it, I yeah. just do it. But yeah. I do it in yeah. a way <laughs> together with the rest of the website and um, make it as useful as possible with lots of nice phone um, call to actions and buttons and everything. Well, that's another yeah. thing too. Is just because if I feel like being experimental, um, it's not really appropriate for me to pick 
you know, say I have, I like, I have a client right now who's an elevator, um, commercial elevator service. Is that the time when I'm going to go all kooky with my CSS? You know, their, their clientele is, you know, like old, older generations, you know, they, yeah. have, they have professional businesses. And so it, I'm not going to drop something because I feel like playing and being super creative. You know, it, it yeah. definitely have to consider what's good for them first. Yeah, actually, I, on that point, I think one thing that um, Divi can sometimes be at risk of is encouraging people to do a bit too much animation. Um, and I know animation is kind of the thing at the <laughs> yeah. time at the moment, but <laughs> the amount of times I go to a website and it's just so By the time much you get to on. the bottom, you're like, what the frick just happened? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and I think sometimes animation can be really good in places and I think it's it's that whole thing of like, you know, put everything in there and then take a couple things out. Like, it's okay to start with all the animation in the world kind of thing on the homepage, but our goal is to allow people to see a message and if all they see is animation, yeah, they're like, ooh, fancy. Yeah, but do they but see the they... message? Like, do they know what you're about? Do they know what you're trying to achieve? Probably not. Like, I think maybe one or two, maybe three bits of animation is enough and maybe just think about toning back that animation because I'm seeing a bit too much of it sometimes, I yeah. think. I, I, yeah, there I'd is agree some with that. sites that just have yeah, too much on it and it kind of gets yeah. annoying when you look and everything just moves. It's that then, when you, These days... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I think these yeah. days, if you just have a flat website that nothing moves, it kind of becomes boring. Like sometimes if I just do a mock-up and I don't do any movements or anything, I just kind of design it. And then the only person here in my office is my husband sometimes with me when he's not at work. So usually when I put together and he, there is the only person here, I said, ah, oh, what do you think? And he said, oh, nothing moves, it's boring. <laughs> yeah. For the for the first couple of years when I was every Divi project, I shut off every single animation always for images, for the checkboxes. It was not my style. Um, but I found more and more customers saying, Hey, it just looks so boring. You know, can you do something? Do something special. Yeah. And I'm like, What do you mean special? <laughs> I'm like, I can make some animations here. Yeah, do that. That's really cool. And yeah. it's it's interesting. It's, it's one of those trends that it's yeah. overdone in, in many occasions. Yeah. Uh, people like the some people like it, um, but yeah, it can be overdone. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's one of those things where maybe taste starts to come in. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, there's a fine line when you have when you want to overuse a nice feature or something. You know, you gotta. I, I always just think back to my school days for for print and and graphic design, where we were always told take away, take away, take away until the message is still there. You know, no, don't just pile on. Um, so, yeah. But you have to make it pop. <laughs> <laughs> I want my screen to look like Apple front page. Everything moves when you scroll, everything. You know, I wrote down, so I wrote down, like, I was prepared for someone to be like, so John, what are your design principles? And um, my first, my, my, fir my first point, my first point was um, was, and I see this, you see this with the designers too. So way back in the day, as I told you guys before, in the early on, early on, I started out in Flash and um, a lot of animation in Flash. And at first, whether it's with with animation or whether it's an effect, like I remember when I discovered the glow effect in Photoshop. Oh my god! And that was it was like horrible for a while, right? <laughs> um, so my first point was uh, subtlety is key, and that is definitely when coming to you know animation and, and effects. Like for a while, you know everything was like skew morphic, right? 
and, and almost too realistic. And then flat design came and hit us and said, hey, ditch it all, just go flat. And where, where I'm kind of like, hey, you know, I, I want to keep some gradients. I, I want to keep some drop shadows, but I want them to be super subtle. And if you go check out, um, you know, the, I mean, the, at least, and there are tons of great child themes, but for, for the, the couple that I worked on, um, Josephine and Anthem, some hover effects just do like a small, like where the, the drop shadow barely grows. These things that not everyone might not even notice, but the ones that do notice it, they're like, okay, wow. Because you, yeah. you want, and why do you put those things in your design? Because you want, um, you want users to land on that site and you want like this legitimacy to come over them like, okay, these folks know what they're doing. This site is nice. I trust them, right? Yeah. I trust them with my money eventually, or I trust yeah. them with whatever. So that was my first one. Typography and white space was my, my second one. Divi comes with some great fonts in there, but you don't have to stick to those. You could, those aren't all the Google fonts there are. You yeah. know, if you have Adobe Creative Cloud, you have Typekit, go check out Typekit and use those fonts. If you have Adobe yeah. Creative Cloud, use those fonts. That's another way to set your designs apart in the Divi community is, you know, everyone's, uh, I, like I say, like, railway is the new Montserrat, and Lado is the new railway, you know, like, <laughs> everyone, <laughs> you, start, you, start seeing the, you start seeing the same fonts, and then, yeah. um, you know, maybe, maybe mix it up a bit. And then yeah. uh, simple color palettes, effective media, you know, Gino, I love making- But don't use cursive in all font, in all caps, please. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but Gino, you said it, you said it best. Why, why do we make, we love making child things because you can, you can go to unsplash.com and grab incredible photos that you would never yeah. get from a client. Yeah. And, and put them on. And so, and then for design inspiration, I agree. I, I look at, I look at theme, popular theme forest themes. If you go and look at Anthem and then you go and look at the Jupiter theme from theme forest, you're going to notice some similarities. Uh, if you go look at Squarespace and then you pull up Josephine, you're going to see similarities. Uh, and then I also look at the skater community, like PacSun. PacSun's branding and, 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 and their marketing is always usually spot on. So, um, so yeah, there's some, some principles that I kind of live, live by. Well, this is, uh, John, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. We've actually, we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours. We're not, we still have time. Um, <laughs> it's already <laughs> over. What? It's, we have yeah, 15 we, minutes. <laughs> no, we've actually been going for for forty minutes, and our show is typically thirty. <laughs> well, and David, oh, David, I'm, thinking, David, David I'm like, thinking an hour. <laughs> and that's and um, that's one of the that's one of the crazy things about design is that everyone has everyone has an opinion on design, right? So back in the day, I, I used to develop custom WordPress themes from scratch using advanced custom fields and stuff. And so I would call myself a diviner, which is a designer and a developer. In, in one, and it, and it sounds, and it sounds, <laughs> and, and even now when I can just code on a, pro every once in a while they let me code a project, and, and when I'm able to do that, it's like a relief, because when was the last time a client, like, view sourced and critiqued your code, like, I don't like how you did that right there, and that, <laughs> that div should be over here, but with design, like the reason why this time just flew by is that everyone has an opinion on on design, and it's fun to talk yeah. about. So, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Hey, thank you so much, John. This has been a, a fantastic episode. I don't know about you guys, but I've had quite a few takeaways from it. Yeah. I know it's going to benefit the community as well, WordPress as a whole. Any closing thoughts from anyone? Anyone want to say anything? Yes, we have a. I have a special gift for your listeners. 
final and, and viewers. Um, so for the next week after this goes up, and I don't I don't know exactly when this will be up, but for a good week or so after that, um, if you go to Elegant Child Themes and use the coupon, all one word, all lowercase, Divi Chat Podcast, <laughs> you will get twenty five percent off your order and a free unicorn. No unicorn, no unicorn. Oh man, I was just typing it in. <laughs> You'll get a little emoji unicorn in the email. <laughs> this yeah. has been a, a fantastic episode, John. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Tammy. Thanks, John. So glad everybody thank made you. it. And uh, can't wait for next week. Before you know it, can't believe it's already been five episodes. Wow. Um, yeah. Thanks again, guys. All right. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Give me chat episode. Bye. Bye. See you. Books. Bye bye.